live from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This is J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery, Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez. How is it going, everybody? This is Jamie Rodriguez, your host of this and every episode of J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. And things are looking like we're going to get out of the weeds soon with COVID, guys. So we can get back to living life and hugging and dancing and kissing and all that good stuff, right? But today, guys, what an exciting guest we have for you. One of the hottest acts in the world right now. One of the best albums of 2021. Pearl Charles, ladies and gentlemen. Pearl Charles. And uh, she just released Magic Mirror, which, if you haven't heard, came out January 15th via Canine Records. And boy, is it a doozy, guys. It's, uh, it's been described as country disco. Some people have said that it sounds like Ava 70s, but that does to me a disservice to how good Pearl is. I mean, this is, she has got just a little bit of everything in here. Outstanding songwriting, incredible production. And yes, there's some 70s element, but there is some rock and roll. There's some groove, there's some Americana. You guys will love it. And uh, Pearls has been uh, playing music since she was five years old, guys. And at 18, she started forming bands like the Driftwood Singers with uh, Christian Lee Hudson. And at 22, she joined garage rock band Blank Tapes. So she's been at it for a while. And this is her second uh, album as a solo project after Sleepless Dreamer from 2018. Great album that uh, BuzzFeed called a modern June Carter meets Lana Del Rey. So there you go. And yeah, guys, I mean, look, at look, you have to listen to uh, Magic Mirror as soon as you can because it is going to win some major awards. People love it. Critics, fans, the whole nine yards. And uh, in this great talk, uh, you know, Pearl shares her story, her love of acting and other arts. She tells a hilarious story involving pot and marijuana. She tells us, um, you know, stuff about artistry, creative writing, just a really good chat we had with Pearl. So excited to share it with you guys. Um, if you're new to the show, we welcome you to the J-Rod Concerts family. Uh, we ask to please uh, take 30 seconds of your time, give us a rating, subscribe. Those things, you know, they matter to the algorithms of uh, the internet. So we do ask for your help with that. Without further ado, guys, let's get straight to it. Pearl Charles on J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. Pearl Charles, this is exciting. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Oh my God, Pearl, we're thrilled to have you. I mean, I can't. I mean, uh, you know, up and coming indie Americana folk icon, Magic Mirror came out January 15th. What an album, Pearl. First of all, let's get that out of the way. What an album. Unbelievable. Thank you so much. I'm glad you like it. Nothing you haven't heard, I'm sure. But but yeah, I mean, also an actress, a model, like an accomplished artist just in general. But yeah, it seems like with Magic Mirror Pearl, uh, the world finally caught on to you. You know, so we are um, critics, you know, critics, everybody is falling on, is getting on the bandwagon trail. So we're happy to have you on the show. Well, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. So is all this stuff uh, fun for you, Pearl? Like all these interviews, all the like, you know, the new busy schedule, the new things to talk to, you know, the new people. Is, is, is this fun for you? 
Yeah, it's definitely really fun. I mean, I love to talk about my music and my art. So any opportunity to do that and spread the word is is great. Yeah, totally. You know, it's part of you, Pearl, almost glad in a way that, um, you know, it took you like a, a little bit of your life for people to kind of catch on to your sound. You know, it, you weren't like an overnight 11-year-old TikTok success. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you were doing music with blank tapes with, with Matt Adams when you were 20, 24, Driftwood Singers at, eight, at, at 18. You know, you, you kind of had a chance to fuck up, experiment, kind of like out of the spotlight, you know, learn from your mistakes. Is it almost like a good thing? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, there's a long road of becoming an artist and finding yourself. And I think that, I mean, obviously it would be great to have an overnight success for some people, but I think having to really toil away at it made me learn myself more and more of what I wanted to communicate, what I wanted to come put across and stylistically, lyrically, all of that. So yeah, I think it was good to kind of build up my experience out on the road and other bands and I learned the ropes and then I finally got to do my own thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm grateful. Yeah, definitely. And where are you right now? Are you in California? I'm in California. I'm in Landers, California, which is near Joshua Tree. Nice. Well, thank you for waking up early then. Really appreciate it. Of course, no problem. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, you know, okay, like, let's talk about your early life for a second because it's, it's fascinating to see like where you came from and the genesis of you as an artist. You know, you've always had the arts inside of you. Um, your dad is a filmmaker your mom, a visual artist. In fact, correct me if I'm wrong, Pearl, but acting was kind of like your first, like, like your first love, if you will. Yeah, it was. I was really into musical theater and um, I wanted to be a professional actor when I was a kid, but my parents, they really allowed me to explore the arts, but they wanted me to focus on staying in school and um, doing arts more as like the extracurricular rather than a professional thing. Which, yeah. you know, there's pros and cons to that. Um, I know a lot of child actors and it definitely can mess with your head a bit, but you also get jump in the industry. So, you know, weighing those pros and cons. But yeah, they still really nurtured me as an artist. And um, I went to lots of summer camps and um, did all of that. But then I kind of got in trouble when I was in high school for smoking pot and I got I kicked out of the drama that, yeah. program. I was going to ask about that. It was <laughs> so like the I audition day, right? It was on the day of the auditions and the way my school was laid out, um, the middle school was seventh through ninth grade. Okay. And so there was some degree of seniority involved. So, you know, I, I didn't expect to get a role, but the fact that I didn't get any part at all in the play, I was really shut out of a, a community that I'd been a big part of and I'd been building up my experience in that community. So that really, you know, it turned me off to that specific group of people all that being said you know if someone asked me to be in Mamma Mia on Broadway I would still do it to this day <laughs> there you go oh my god but that's such a great story so like okay so so let's just go in there a little bit deeper boy because I, I love I love that kind of story so like the day of the audition like you went to like the bathroom but you know back campus like what, what was the deal so okay I actually, this all happened off campus to be clear. I, you know, I love the story of me being a badass, but that's a little more badass than I even was. I wasn't doing drugs at school, but um, on the weekend um, I had snuck out of my house and I'd taken a cab to another student's house and me and a bunch of friends met up there and their parents were out of town. Um, so we smoked some pot in their backyard. I mean, it, it was normal kid stuff. We were all 15, right. 16. It right. wasn't too crazy, but, um, his mom somehow caught wind of it when she came back to town and she called the school. Oh God. So the day that the school found out about it was the day of the auditions. Oh God. That's uh, yeah. 
no, bye. Things happen for a reason, Pearl. Yeah, that's exactly, that's you know? Yeah, like no. Yeah, I, th I thought maybe you were like in like the bathroom in like the gym bathroom smoking a joint and it's like, okay, like, fine. I, I see the school has a point, but that's ridiculous. Anyway, <laughs> but, but thanks for clarifying that mystery for us. I love that. And, um, you know, eventually you went to CalArts, right? And uh, high quality singer songwriter program. How was it to attend, you know, something as personal as songwriting uh, in school, Pearl? And, and the reason I ask is like, you know, I'm sure you have songwriters of different levels and here in Nashville, everyone thinks their songwriter, their, their, their song is so important and needs to be heard. How was that dynamic like in university, you know, campus? That's a great question. Um, you know, their program that I was in, it nurtured singer songwriters, but that it, unlike a lot of other uh, musical programs that actually really focus on pop, CalArts was more oriented towards, um, how do I explain it? It was a very like broad program. So there was a composition class, but a lot of people in there were composing new classical pieces or avant-garde pieces. It wasn't all pop singer songwriter. Um, there was also another class that we had that was uh, the forum where all of the people that were in my program that were doing various studies of music would play their original work and we would critique. So right. that was a really big part of the songwriter aspect. And I think that that was really great because, you know, we really had to put ourselves out there and show what we were working on, whether we were really ready or not. And we got a lot of good critique and that really prepared you for going out into the world because there's gonna be people out there who have opinions. That being said, um, we were never encouraged to necessarily change the art to pander to the class or to anyone's mm. specific tastes. But I think just learning how to take criticism and learning, you know, what yeah. different people like was a really educational experience for me. Interesting. Okay. okay so, so let me just clarify. I, I, cause I love talking about this creative stuff with people. So, so if someone, so there's like a line, so there's like a clear line where like someone that like maybe it's not your favorite person in the class, but like if you're critiquing each other's work, it's like, okay, we're in that environment. It's nothing personal. Exactly. I mean, no one was, you weren't allowed to just criticize people based on your personal opinions. And if you didn't have anything constructive to say, I don't think that there was much just straight across the board, like criticism. Yeah. Um, but I think that, yeah, we were, I mean, it, CalArts is a very like, hippie sort of school so it was definitely a very supportive environment and cool. I think that was a great it was a perfect cross-section of critique but support you know like gotcha you felt supported you felt like you could share your art safely because that's that's a really important thing is having a safe space but also knowing that people are going to give you their real opinions absolutely definitely definitely Pearl and with okay with something like Magic Mirror like pivoting to music here a little bit when you write a new album Pearl like you're like okay it's time for my second album let's do this you have this vision you have this sound in your head when you sit down with your creative team Pearl um and you say okay let's do it let's record this stuff are you open to their changes and their new ideas or is it more like look guys I've had this in my head already I, this is how I want it to go. Just please try to facilitate what I have in my head already kind of thing. That is another really great question because I am a very collaborative artist and I like to work with different people throughout the process. So um, I'd say like one of my strengths is curation and curating the right team to have around me. So um, I do a lot of co-writing and I would pick various different co-writers to work with. And 
Um, I usually bring in my own ideas and then they help me tweak them and, uh, you know, tease them out, if you will. And then, then the next step is to bring it to the band and we sort of play through it. And I've specifically hired the bandmates that I have, and it's taken me years to find the right guys who sure. understand me. They know my vibe, they know my taste musically, and they also know what I'm trying to communicate lyrically. So they know how to put themselves into that headspace. And I kind of let them do what they want to do. But if there's something specific that I'm hearing that I don't like or that I want, I mean, I will communicate that. And then we bring that to the producer. And the producer on this record also co-wrote some of the songs with me and kind of helped me see out the entire vision. And then he will sometimes change a few chords to make it a little more jazzy. And my boyfriend and musical collaborator, Michael Ralt, will also sometimes do that. And um, you know, I'm, I'm open to it as long as I don't feel like it changes the integrity of the song too much. Cause right. I'm, I'm interested in seeing um, where we can take it that's new and different. And sometimes two heads are better than one with that. Um, but I definitely have a strong vision and a strong idea of what I want. So it's a happy medium. I love it. I love it, bro. And and the live performance element of this, I mean, it's it's an album made to be performed live. You must be chomping at the bit to get on stage. What um, you know, take us in your into your head, into your imagination. Like what do you envision kind of like the show to be like, the lights, the colors, like what are you thinking right now? Wow, that's such a great question and something that I haven't oh, we got a little cameo there. <laughs> um such a great question and one that I mean like you know we've been doing a lot of live streams so I've been having to set up my house and right. create our own little atmosphere which has been really fun and I've got some paper lantern mushrooms and we've got our Elvis yeah. uh, pictures on the wall and our shag carpet so it would be kind of cool to translate you know our 70s vibe onto state like onto the stage um, I've never had like a huge budget for um stuff like that so I've always just really focused on the music and right. I know that I would love to have a keyboard player live which is like the one thing that my band doesn't have at the moment and the record is very keys heavy mm. uh, but we would definitely have pedal steel obviously bass and drums um I would I would switch between keyboards and acoustic guitar but yeah. um, you know my I I can definitely accompany myself but there's some more complicated fancy licks that right. it would be cool to have someone else get in there right to do absolutely that. i mean you can even do dress costume changes you can you can take it to another level this is i'm telling you this is good this is the start of something i love it pearl oh my god you've been so generous with your time pearl let me ask you about this uh you you're, you're such a deep person like i we love the book the book stuff that like you're a very like you're a voracious reader you know you've talked about um you know Eckhart Tolle, the power of now and you know that kind of stuff timothy leary's writings what what are you reading now? Like what's getting you inspired in this in this uh, February of 2021? Well, I just picked up a book from the library, which is the Karen Carpenter story. So I love to read music nice. bios yes. when I'm reading uh, nonfiction. So that's oh, kind yeah. of my current read. And, you know, she's got a really sad story, but I think it's really interesting to read into the history of the female artists that I love and respect. And a lot of them had a really hard time. So I feel really lucky to be a female artist in 2021 and getting a lot of respect and, um, you know, hoping to, to carry on the tradition of the women that I love that, you know, had to struggle. Yeah, definitely. Oh my God, great. Well, listen, Pearl, what can I tell you? I mean, 
you have one of the best albums like of the past six months and like i think it's it's, it's already on the short list to be like one of the best albums of the year i tell you that right now it's you made a jewel so congratulations on it um i think this is just the beginning like this is just the beginning so we're like buying stock early on the pearl charles bandwagon when you're in nashville like totally have to do a special but uh, congratulations on everything and uh you know on everything that's to come Thank you so much. Yeah, definitely. We'll have to connect whenever I come to Nashville. I can't wait to get back on the road and oh my God, music, you know, coming sooner than later. So I think it's good Hopefully. that you got on the bandwagon early. I totally I'm buying stock Tesla stock. See you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez.